0: Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Uh, We are just returning from closed session. No action was taken. Um, Definitely looking forward to our uh, meeting this morning where we're going to get to dive into a discussion on quality um, and the quality of the care we provide, which is the reason that we're here. Um, so without any delay, Dr. Bouquet, Dr. Hussein, board quality discussion.
1: Okay. Thank you, Trustee Avaletta. So everyone welcome. And uh, I know it's Saturday morning. I'm attentive to that uh, attention on this holiday weekend. Um, but we're here to talk about uh, what could be argued as our central purpose here is to, to be a quality organization. So thank you for the time that we've been allotted. I'm going to try to keep it moving along so we can uh, all have a shot to be with our families Uh four items really that we're going to walk through uh today uh during this kind of quality session first we're going to redefine quality uh or define quality for many of us who haven't heard me go ad nauseum on 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 the definitions of quality but we're going to do it again to frame uh this discussion uh we'll, we'll probably do that redefinition a slide set that i gave to this uh uh, group last uh, at our at our April retreat last year. I've cut down the slides. I'll, I'll do that in less than 10 minutes just to read, reset ourselves so we all are speaking the same language. Then we're going to hear from our Chief Quality Officer, Dr. Tanbir Hussein, who's going to give us kind of an update on the state of quality at Alameda Health System. This will relate to things like the Joint Commission, which we've all been hearing again and again, and, and we, we will get to contemplate all these things together. Uh, his, his presentation is probably about ten or fifteen minutes. But then we're gonna this is gonna bear out discussions. We're gonna talk about some items like leapfrog. We're gonna talk about CMS ratings. We're gonna talk about how this perhaps relates to finance and quality and uh, and uh, bear out a number of those questions. We'll do that for about thirty five or forty minutes after Doctor uh, Hussein's presentation. In segment three, it's going to be a contemplative exercise. Uh, in the olden days, we would have all been in a room together and I would have had a whole stack of uh, post-it notes and some uh, uh, chuck paper up on the wall and we'd write down answers and we'd all stick it up and we'd all look together. Unfortunately, in this format, we can't do it as well. Uh, Trustee Hernandez, who is our Zoom expert, showed me how to do a white Zoom board, but I think all of us would draw poorly with our mouses. Uh, so we're, we're you all, uh, I've asked uh, the clerk of the board uh, to send in your emails the google form which has been built and we'll yeah, don't, don't worry you'll do that we're going to give you 10 minutes of space quiet thinking time space to do that during the context of this uh, of this so you know Mike will put on some good elevator music or something while everyone's filling that out and then last we're gonna we're gonna have a discussion about how this board can improve the state of safety and quality at Alameda Health System. This is largely stolen out of a book, which many of the board members have. I know it's backwards. It's called Getting the Board on Board. Uh, It's about a 40-page chapter. We're not going to do that. I've withdrawn about two or three critical questions. And then we're going to have, again, we keep using this word contemplative, but it's a great word. We'll have a contemplative dialogue for about 30 or 40 minutes. So I think we can get here, just squeeze it right under two hours, which was the time allotted. So, with no further ado, um, Mike, um, can you light up that uh, PowerPoint slide? Orana? Or
2: If you need to, I can share your deck. If you send it to me. Yeah.
1: Apologies to all for the technical difficulties. So this is only about six or seven slides. Uh, m- many of you guys have already seen these, but we'll 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 do it one more time. Ah. I think Mike Mike has it rolling. Okay. Or it's it's trying to work.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: So uh, to fill to fill to fill the space before we get started, quality. Uh, you know, kind of an ethereal concept. Many of us, so we all it's something that we all want, of course. Uh, who wants to come to a low quality organization? Well, everyone wants to work with a high quality organization, but because it's so ethereal, um, uh, I'm so impressed with uh, uh, as I've said before, I'm a fanboy of Dr. Don Berwick, uh, arguably America's greatest champion on quality of health care. Uh, he uh, works for the Institute for Health uh, Improvement and. Uh, he uh, a number of years ago almost two decades ago helped us to define give actually a definition of quality and and give us domains of, of quality and 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 this is what we call the steep climb to quality for AHS, and it's a primer and I'm talking us through this uh, pending technical difficulties so there- I,
2: I, I can share it Mike if you're having difficulty. Um- but you need to give me the ability to share. Okay. Um.
1: Mike, can you give Maria? Yes, yeah, she can go ahead and uh, do it now.
3: Okay, and thanks Mike. Should we be recording this session too? It's open session.
1: Are we record? Are we recording, Mike? It
3: will be good too.
1: Okay, just a sec.
2: Can you see my screen?
1: Yes, thank you, Maria, for the save. No I'll problem. go old. I'll go old school and call slide. Okay. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> um, so, th- th- this 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 five or eight minute talk is uh, just to re- to reset ourselves on defining what we're talking about, and and uh, slide. <laughs>
4: This meeting is being recorded.
1: So for all of us of uh, the appropriate age, we may remember this marketing campaign from Ford, which uh, came out in the 80s. And uh, people remember that in the late 70s and early 80s, uh, the Japanese car industry was starting to really, really come, come forth and start to hit its stride. And quality uh, at Ford had historically sort of fallen on the wayside. In 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 this campaign in the mid '80s, they were extraordinarily declarative about how they were going to remake themselves as an organization. So, for those of you who remember the "quality is job one" uh, campaign, it was all over the place. And many argue that this, uh, this 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 declaration, this marketing campaign, actually became part of the ethos of the entire company, and and in fact led to a renaissance. In 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 Ford's position in the world uh, auto industry, and you saw that they won a number of awards. And at that time, I think this just it's a, it's a framing discussion about committing to quality. Next slide, please. So Don Berwick, which I alluded to, uh, again, I'm a fanboy of this guy. He 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 lives and breathes quality for American healthcare, world healthcare, if you will, and. Uh, in uh, 2001, he helped us to define these dimensions of quality, and and when we unwrap quality into these dimensions, it becomes uh, actually a, a more methodical exercise for us rather than this this qualitative sense of, of quality. Uh, you ask any doctor, do you provide quality care? Of course I do. But when we break it down, man, it it, it people have to wait three months to get to see you, and and is there equity and it is the way we're doing it, bringing a patient here into the office when they had to take three buses, uh, is that patient-centered? So here are the so-called steep domains. And again, I, I'm a little bit proud in that people know that they know the word steep. So, uh, you know, all culture takes a long time to move. Uh, I want us to, re- to remember what those elements of steep are. So I'm, I'm very proud that many people can say the word steep, but I want to remind us what those elements are. Safety, Uh, do we, uh, uh, keep it back on that one, if you don't mind, on the, yeah, there we go. Safety, question, do do we provide care and a care environment that is safe for our patients and our employees? Timeliness, do we provide a care, do we provide care and a care environment for our patients and employees that, that is timely? Effectiveness. Do we provide effective care in a care environment which is effective for our patients and employees? Efficiency. Are we do we provide efficient care to our patients and do we provide an efficient care environment for our patients and our employees? Equity. Do we provide an equitable care do we provide equitable care for our, the patients across our spectrum and do we provide that same equity to our care environment for our patients and employees? And, and, and people-centeredness, as I'd like to call it. Do we provide people-centered care, and do we provide a care environment which is also people-centered? Because many would argue that would be the environment which would allow us to better execute safety, timely, timeliness, effectiveness, efficiency, and equity. Next slide. So do we do quality like this at AHS? And this is the same slide I had last year. Uh, as in all organizations, this is a continuous work in progress. And uh, uh, trustee Jensen made some comments about did we uh, in remarks to one of my comments uh, yesterday. She said Taft, are we really advancing? And and because we we we've had forward steps and we've had backward steps. So next slide, please. These are our current. Uh, 12 True North Metric Quality-Related Metrics. Remember, every year uh, we're supposed to redefine our quality metrics. And these are the ones which we've had, and what you'll see is uh, which, which pillar they involve; they, they are related to. Remember, uh, under our current construct, our organization sits on six pillars, access, quality, experience, network, sustainability, and workforce. So there's the pillar The the actual metric is listed right here. We readapted these last year. We'll have, we'll soon be having this dialogue, whether we need to change them, what we need to keep, how we need to adapt. We currently exist in a strategic business unit structure. So this is the SBU for which each of these respective metrics lives. And and then here's the respective steep domains in the, in the final column, which shows that some of these, uh, metrics live across many steep domains. Next slide, please. So this this will be a question to us as we go into the last section of today uh, about what we can do, not only the board, but our executives, our doctors, our, our nurses, our, our, our support staff. Quality, in my opinion, should permeate this organization. It, it shouldn't just be from the QPSC down um it, it, it should flow from the bottom patients and providers it should permeate our administrative uh, executive leadership's thoughts and our quality infrastructure and our clinical leadership and of course flow through the qpsc and to ultimately be guided by the board of trustees in my opinion this is how we should do it and you see all those arrows going always uh, 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 it, it it should be omnipresent in all our thinking and decision-making and, 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 and weighted appropriately because we have other concerns such as finance, of course, in this organization. Next. So uh, again, I, 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 I'm a fan of optimism when appropriate, and I think we have some appropriate um, opportunities and, and uh, scenarios to be optimistic. We have a chance to be successful because we're talking about it. Uh, I am, I, I am, Fully committed to the belief that this board cares about quality. Uh, I'm fully committed that that, that that this organization as a whole and its stakeholders care about quality. We heard in Jane Jerzak's uh, uh, presentation from the weekly report yesterday that everyone wants us to be successful. And that, for me, uh, is, is a great starting point. Next slide. So what, what are some of the things we can do? Maybe a preview to the dialogue we'll be having at the end of this session in about an hour and a half, help us grow the steep culture. Uh, I know everyone gives me a little bit of a smirk when I say steep, but man, we got to believe we really got to believe this stuff in my opinion. And that's, that's starting at a unit level. That's departments having discussions around all the elements of steep, the hospital, the system, and us at the board level having these discussions Steep language, steep dashboards, uh, and 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 I think that can help advance the discussion. Uh, I, I've previous I made this uh, recommendation last year. I, I keep saying it. We haven't done it yet, but embed quality considerations in all our decisions. Perhaps we should consider the the quality question as the gating question to all questions, be it from the FTE committee to the operations committee to EVS discussions. How how does this impact quality? Our financial discussions when we talk about negative balance how does that affect our quality standardize this as a process we don't do this yet uh, we're talking about it though which is which is optimistic adopt the mindset that we're creating a system where you would want to receive care um i i i say to all of us if if every board of trustee if every executive if every doctor if every nurse if this was your care system i imagine that we would change quickly overnight very quickly overnight and i've I've had the privilege of caring for for some of the people who are probably on this call and and uh I, i can tell you it 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 is transformative in changing their mindset when you envision this as a place where you could get care or where you would actually want to get care and last effectively engage the existing infrastructure towards positive change we we, we have an infrastructure, let's let let let's fine tune it. We don't have to blow things up. We can fine tune it presum, presuming that we're all committed to this together. And this is a discussion again, we'll have at the end of the day. Last slide. So wouldn't it be nice if uh, this system was declarative and making a uh, quality job one uh, for our system? I, I think it would be transformative. And that's the end of uh, this. That was probably about ten minutes. I'll open it up for any questions, if any, to lead into the day. If uh, Marie, if you can take us back to uh, 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 the, these are just some slides uh, for as as pocket slides, if you will. We have a harm classification system uh, which we try to present in the in the quality board. And next slide.
2: Hello. um do you want this slide up
1: no you can take them down okay. uh, th- 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 these are never events and those are those are those are them hi Tanvir how are you Good morning. um um so that that was hopefully just to reframe what we're talking about when we say the word quality again think about it we can provide we can have a great doctor a great nurse but it took six months to get them get to them right so that, that adjusts our, our sense of quality when we actually can break it up into that. And I'll leave it up for just maybe a few minutes of comment and to keep us on time, then Dr. Hussein pre- prepared a nice presentation. So open it up to the trustees.
5: Uh, thank, thank you, Trustee that, uh It's a good reminder. Um, you understand the importance of repetition. Yeah. <laughs> the way our mind works, right? But I just want to underline the... Uh, need to uh, invest in the systems that give us the analytics that are necessary to track um, our success towards continuous improvement. And um, on the finance side, I think um, it's really painful to me that we do not have the systems right now that can um, at least quickly produce the data, the analytics that we need to make decisions about um, where to put resources. So I, I think it's really, this is the overlay with finance that we have we to do some investment at in a time when we don't have a lot of money uh, or we don't have any money actually, we have a gap. Uh, it's not as costly as, it, as Epic by any stretch of imagination but uh, it will take some investment and I just want to underline the importance of that.
1: Well, thank you, Trustee Shaquin, and what I'll say is uh, our organization made an investment using the quality question in Epic, and, and Epic is providing us, it, and this is an iterative process, are there more tools that we could have? Yeah, but man, Epic, was, it was and is game changer to asking some of these questions. It's not perfect right now, but boy, is it, is it the next step along the iterative pathway? Uh, and and I applaud. I, I I think when we write the story of this organization, whenever the decision to go to Epic is going to be one of the landmark moments in this organization. So, but it, we don't have all the bells and whistles, but man, we have some pretty pretty decent and good stuff right
6: now. Great. So this is um, Tracy, and thank you, Trustee Bouquet. I think that was a, um. It's always a good good for the board and good for uh, uh, everyone to discuss and, and, and think about poverty and think about quality. And I, um, I just have a couple questions. My first question to you is, um, do you believe that AHS is a high quality organization providing high quality services to all of our, um, all of our clients and patients?
1: What, what, when we when we put ourselves along uh, those elements, and that's why steep is so important. I believe we are not there yet. I I, I believe it start it, it starts with declaration of wanting to be there, you know, and and we, we we've made those declarations in the past, even prior to this current administration, or we're striving to be a world class health organization. In my opinion, we are not there, and
6: and, and- I how do we know when we are there? Is it, is it, we know because we, um, all understand Steve? Do we know because everyone at the, down to the staff level understands what quality is and, um, how to, how to, it, it, quality is instilled in all staff? Do we know because, um, when monitors, when our payers and, and those that reimburse us for services decide to continue to reimburse us that we're providing high quality services? What are the metrics?
1: and and, and the, the unfortunate answer is there, there that, that, that there is no uh, ultimate adjudicator of all this. So it's going to be this mixture of, of other things. So external rating agencies, we're going to have a discussion about leapfrog. you know we can argue that we don't participate in leapfrog, but we're being rated on it. We, we can talk about the CMS rating system. And what is going to be interesting to uh, that Dr. Hussein's going to show is, Man, there can be discrepancies between CMS ratings and Leapfrog ratings, you know, and 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 then it's going to be about how we internally set ourselves for quality, having never happen events, right? So so we we get to create that that assessment, you know, maybe it's a fifty percent reduction in reportable events over four years or something like that. That 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 is a complex journey to Trustee Jensen. I don't know the exact answer, but I am happy. And 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 willing and and want to be part of that dialogue about how we define ourselves. When when will be that day where we can say we are a high quality organization? I I, I want to be here when 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 we can raise that flag.
6: And as you close uh, by saying as you you started the discussion, or at one point you said that we want to be a place where um you want to come if anyone wants to come to get care, yeah. and so. Um, to the, the question of the monitors and the question of those who are rating us, perhaps we should provide the information that's requested. And maybe that would be a, a measure that we could share if we share information and we don't always say, well, they, we weren't participating in that and that's why we got a poor grade. Maybe that would indicate quality of the organization. When we share information to the organizations that are rating us, and then we can be clear and transparent about the quality of services that we provide.
1: Well, Trustee Jensen, hold that thought because that's a... a, So uh, uh, we're going to be talking about that uh, after we hear uh, Dr. Hussein giving that because I think that is an important dialogue. And I ask the trustees and everyone in this virtual room to ask, uh, uh, apart from the steep uh, uh, elements, which is just the starter part of this, how do we know when we arrived, or maybe going, you know, a little bit existential, oh, are we, does anyone ever arrive? <laughs> you know, the, these, these are the big questions. So, uh, I, I really appreciate your questions because it's the questions which I believe are going to help advance us. So, uh, if, if okay, um, and I don't see anyone else, I'm going to let Dr. Uh, uh,
0: Yeah, I just wanted to build on that just a little bit. I think it is really important for us as leadership to um, go beyond sort of, uh, you know, I think it's important, obviously, that we're on top of what the regulatory agencies are checking and what, um, you know, what HEDIS was saying or other, you know, other kind of benchmark things. For us to be able to be proactive, for us to know things before other people tell us, I think is an important area, you know, for us to advance on. But I think that the issue that's come up a couple times is what is our culture as it relates to quality. And I think... Um, You know, when we talk about never happen events, um, you know, I just want to flag that there are organizations with a culture of never tell. (laughs) And and so um, then you don't know you have never happen events. And so I, you know, I I think we've we've made some progress in terms of this sort of transparency around when things that aren't supposed to happen, happen. Um, So I just want us to be thinking about how how there's that balance and how we're ensuring that there's a culture of transparency um, so that we can really be honest with ourselves about where we are with quality Um, And then I just want to say that I think, you know, there's a lot of things that we um, probably do really well that are related to quality that we might not get measured on, but we should be thinking about how we measure it ourselves. And I think that's to Trustee Jensen's point is like, how do we know, Um, for example, you know, what, what, I mean, it's not just health outcomes, right? Health outcomes are also relative to the baseline or where people started. And so if we're working with a population that has started with a much worse blood pressure control or whatever the case might be, or they're unsheltered, that's a a very different group than trying to compare ourselves to a place that's taking care of a population that's relatively more well when they start. And so our ability to see improvement, I guess, is what I'm saying there, Um, and also um, engagement. So are we engaging with populations that are not necessarily engaging (coughs) anywhere else? I think we know the answer to that with our language capacities and some of our other um, specific programs that we have. Um, For subpopulations, I think we're getting engagement from people that may not have other places to engage, and I think that's a very tangible. Um, area of quality that's important as we look more globally and then last thing, um, um, but certainly very critical, I think as far as our mission goes is do we have disparities within our within our, within our system? And, and are we creating equity in our system? Are we, um, are we actually helping to overcome some disparities through some of the, some of the great work that we're doing in some areas? And so I think these aren't necessarily things that Jayco's going to come in and talk to us about. Um, but I think these are things as leadership that we may, may want to think about as we advance this conversation.
1: Yeah. Thank you, trustee. i uh, hopefully agreed. And then to trustee Shaquem's point, do we have the resources to gather that data and assess empirically? And, uh, that these, these are, these are the contemplations, which will, which will continue to have. So with that, um, oh, sorry, uh, trustee Energy.
3: Yeah. And just uh, to say that we need like, you know, a combination of quality and quant data, just as we need the analytics and things, but things like trust, engagement, like all of the things, reliability that we can also have qualitative data that shows us, are we getting there?
1: Yeah, agree. Um, thank you for the dialogue and uh, it's going to keep going. Uh, Dr. Hussein, our chief quality officer. Welcome, Dr. Hussein. Thank you. Amber, good morning. Check. Can you hear me now? It's a little muffled, slightly. Okay. Uh, is this better? Uh, it's 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 okay. It's good enough.
4: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, good morning, everyone. Thanks for the opportunity to share with you some of um, the work that we've done um, in our journey in quality and safety. At Alameda Health System, uh, thanks, uh, Dr. Buket, uh, for the request to share some data about that journey and how we compare it to other health systems. Um, if we go to the next slide, so um, much of what I will talk about are the measurable components of quality, safety, and experience, and. Um, every time there's a retreat like function, I'm always reminded of uh, one of the first things I did when uh, I learned about Almeida Health System, which is to go to the website and look up the history. And um, what's really remarkable about Almeida Health System is the history. Um, Medical, uh, Almeida County Medical Center was um, in our community since the late 1800s. Vermont was one of the first acute rehabilitation centers in the west and i'm really usually when i'm on service i'm reminded very vividly of that and um i'm reminded of a story um when i was just recently on surface uh, service of a 70 uh, something year old ethiopian woman who's part of our community and she's a grandmother she's multiple generations here in the u.s and uh, she was telling me a story of how um, her, she's a Medicare patient, and uh, she was telling me that uh, her kids say, Ma, uh, Mom, you can go anywhere, uh, but why do you always come to Highland? Um, and, and, and I asked her that question because she was telling me the story, and she said, it's because um, you see me. And I asked her to tell me a little more about what she meant, and she said, when I first arrived, there wasn't a place for me to receive care other than Highland or what was um, then Alameda County Medical Center. And now I come because even though I have choices, I feel like I see people who look like me and they understand the life I've lived. So I'm going to talk a lot about the way that quality safety is measured, but I think part of the discussion about what is quality and how do we show others that we are a high quality organization. Part of it is also in that narrative we share about ourselves that um, beyond being a place where people, um, uh, uh, a place that uh, uh, in uh, in terms of the safety that where people must come as a place where patients choose to come and where employees have pride in the organization to serve. So it's sometimes difficult to capture that, but I think it needs to be a part of the story we tell. You go to the next slide. So let me go ahead now and give you a high level framework about um the way in which, as Dr. Apeletta described, our organization in the last several years, um, under the guidance of the quality and professional services committee of the board, has embraced a culture of transparency. Because without um and another thing that I think defines quality is the courage to be honest about where we are and the courage and vulnerability to speak about those things. And that's why I think having a structured framework and embracing that transparency is one of the key steps to improving quality and safety. So we began this exercise um, over two years ago in QPSC to begin reporting out in every month, what are the regulatory events that our organization is seeing? So this is from fiscal year 19. You see um, the different types of regulatory agencies that provide oversight for Almeida health system, including the state, which is CDPH, um, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and the Joint Commission. Um, in the first column, you see the SBUs, um, primarily focused on acute behavioral health and ambulatory. In the second column, you see um, the visits from uh, CDPH, the state. So what I've listed for you are surveys. Some of those surveys are generated by events. We report others by complaints from the community. Now, not every survey results in a finding. So you see an acute, for example, in fiscal year 19, there were 74 surveys, 22 deficiencies, ambulatory, you see them, behavioral health, you see them. So in fiscal year 19, we had 130 surveys. Um, that's about one. Every other uh, business day with a 28% deficiency rate. In fiscal year 19, you see that CMS, when when events reach a level of escalation where CMS needs to get involved, we see we had two surveys in acute, one survey in behavioral health. In fiscal year 19, we had a generation of all the Joint Commission complaints. Um, However, only three of them were actually corroborated. So again, there can be a lot of activity that is generated, but not all that regulatory activity is actually validated. But in this case of these Drake Commission complaints, there were something like 10 um, and only uh, three were validated. And then you see, we had our triennial surveys in fiscal year 19 at Alameda hospital with no condition level findings, putting Alameda hospital in the top 33% of facilities where Drake Commission doesn't come back. And at San Leandro, you see that we had conditional level findings in the environment of care and life safety. So try to remember some of these numbers. Um, if you go to the next slide, Mike, you'll see fiscal year, 20 activity, which we're, um, nearly at the end of here. So those 130 surveys across our, um, sites have decreased to 72 and the deficiency rate has more than half. So we're down to a 13% deficiency rate, which much less surveys than the state. Um, there's been, um, and the CMS survey you see here is actually the continuation or follow up of a follow up in behavioral health. So it was not a new complaint that generated that CMS survey. Our joint complaint, joint, com- uh, joint commission complaints reduced down to two this last fiscal year. And we've had a lot of discussion about the, TJC triannual um, survey um okay. at the core, which captures San Leandro, Highland, our um outpatient clinics yeah, yeah, yeah. and behavioral health. Now what I will tell you is in the research I've done around condition level findings, um the number of facilities um <laughs> that have a condition level finding has been going up annually. Between 2013 and 2018, is the most recent data we have. Um, in 2018, nearly 40 to 50% of facilities had a conditional level of finding. Now, we did have a preliminary denial of accreditation, and that is certainly fewer facilities have that, but there is a trend upward in the number of condition level findings. Um, um, that's not to uh, diminish the severity of our findings, but to give you some context. Um, and, and to say that, yes, we have a preliminary denial of accreditation that we need to urgently work through. So that's the regulatory, uh, trying to give you a brief trajectory of our regulatory activity. Dr. Right.
6: Yes, Trustee Jensen. Um, this is, yeah, this is Trustee Jensen. I just have a quick question. Is that regulatory, is the rate of um, of regulatory visits, the rate of reviews um, unusually high for? an organization the size of Alameda Health System with the number of acute care sites? Um,
4: You know, uh, what I can share with you is that um, we often have, uh, um, the only thing that is publicly reported are the actual generation of deficiencies, not necessarily the number of survey visits. So as I was trying to mention, um, many uh, uh, surveys uh, are generated Due to a complaint, so CDPH comes to validate them. Um, so I can't speak quite on the rate of surveys, but in terms of the number of deficiencies, um, uh, the current fiscal year 2020, the number of surveys we've had across three uh, actually, San Leandro, Alameda, Highland, John George, and the clinics would not be unusual.
6: And um, briefly then do more deficiencies result in more
4: surveys? Oh, so um, it's not so much the number of uh, deficiencies from CDPH that generates necessarily a CMS uh, survey, but it is the uh, magnitude of what CDPH finds. So when the state CDPH comes to survey, if they see something very concerning, they will ask in in a a concerning enough that it may uh, violate one of the conditions of participation that is what would um generate a cms survey so i hope that helps thank you next slide mike Um, So in the next two slides, so you saw the regulatory activity, now um, the patient safety activity, there's a lot of activities the patient safety team does in terms of reviewing um, safety alerts, um, doing investigations, failure mode effect analyses, root cause investigations. Here I've just listed for you um, to remind you that um, for every event that gets reported, i.e it's a reportable event, that doesn't necessarily mean that there was necessarily a failure of the system. Nonetheless, because it is a reportable event, um, we as an organization um, um, believe that there's always an opportunity to review that serious event to see if we could have done better. So um, here in fiscal year 19, um, there were about 50 root cause analyses conducted on a variety of uh, risk issues, um, all of those findings in, um, are shared with the Quality and Professional Services Council. And if you go to the next slide, in fiscal year 20, that 50 um, has reduced significantly in terms of reportable events um, to more uh, like uh, 14. So what this suggests to me in terms of looking at trends is that We are beginning to through systematic work, make some changes in high risk areas. And it's good to see that they're not recurring in fiscal year 20, but we do have some high risk areas that persist clarity. It is helpful to have clarity through this process around where we need to continue to focus our efforts to create more high reliability. So these are some of the vulnerabilities that we can focus in on um, as we move forward. So reduction in our reportable events, and some indication that the work that we're doing from a system perspective, at looking at these high-risk areas, is helping alleviate some of those, but also clarifying where we need to do additional work.
1: Beer, this please. is Taff Bouquet. Uh, yes, Taft. Um Maybe uh, because of our format, if you'll stop at each slide and ask, because I think people will generate questions and. and my question: You said uh, recurrent areas. Are there common themes in these particular areas which lend towards, the, in your opinion, which lends towards recurrence of uh, citations in the respective areas?
4: Yeah. So, um, if you look at all these areas, er- so these were all areas that were um, all ex- also examined um, or occurred in fiscal year nineteen. And in all of these areas, we actually have uh, policies or procedures. Um, It is the adherence to those policies and procedures where we lapse. So when we're looking at quality improvement, um, we look at two things. One is, have we established what is best practice? And then how do we reduce variation around best practice? So in other words, You can have a gap in your quality, one, because you as an organization have not identified what is the true north or what needs to be done, and secondarily, because you have variation around that best practice. So at a high level, many of these things are due to variation around what is best practice. Now, what leads to that variation are numerous operational things, um, such as competency training resources um staffing engagement so that is a much deeper conversation okay thank you but it it is the variation around uh practice that that is that is uh, uh, that these things remain perfect thank you uh next slide mike so um KPSC has also seen this this is um, our 2019 score culture of safety data um, we do this annually and um, unfortunately because of COVID our ben- our vendor data is not offering a repeat of this survey but this speaks to these are some of the it's an AHRQ evidence-based culture of safety survey um, and it helps to identify so there's increased participation rate over the last three years so we're very happy about people feeling safe to speak and engage in the survey um, and um, we have opportunities to talk about our culture this is harder to measure on a month-to-month cadence but helps inform some of our uh, safety uh, safety work
1: Timber, I see on the far right column are benchmarking who are we benchmarked who, how many facilities participated in the score survey
4: to allow it's, them to uh, benchmark? yes um, there are approximately uh, 100 um, uh, hospitals um, that use uh, the beta score survey now um, we actually we actually had asked whether or not they can begin and they were actually going to try to offer this this year before the survey was um, cancelled um, due to COVID, whether or not they could actually help us identify or create other like group categories similar to Almeda Health System. Um, so that is actually something that we were engaging with beta on. Um, but this is all comers. Um, so pe- systems that are uh, potentially incredibly resourced um, uh, as well. So, so we've been working on them in terms of helping us understand our performance-related in comparison to others like us, to try to see if they could help um, create sophistication to their benchmarking, but this is all comers.
1: So, to, so to read that uh, coming across the percentile, uh, I, I read that that 94% of other organizations felt they had a they were, had a higher improvement readiness score than us. Is that is that how we're reading this appropriately?
4: And that's correct.
1: 91% of organizations felt that their local leadership were prepared were more prepared than ours. Is that? So for our trustees, just going down that far right column, and, and th- this this is contextualizing data, is what I'll say.
4: And Thanks, the Peter. nice thing about this survey, uh, Tim,
7: course, in the, in the, in the, yes, sir. I'm sorry, uh, uh, this is Justin debris. Could you uh, just kind of go through those um, those different? I, I don't totally understand. Uh, I, I understand the percentile on the, the right hand side, but if you could go through each one a little bit, it'd be great
4: yeah thank you absolutely no. so yes and i would be happy to um as, as um you know uh, uh also share some additional uh, definition documents that this is um, uh you know an area of interest to continue exploring improvement readiness basically says is, is that this domain looks at whether or not the organization um uh uh the people and the organization is ready to actually take on more, uh, improvement. So it's sort of a question around capacity and bandwidth and infrastructure for improvement. Um, local leadership is whoever is responding to the survey. Wait, I, I'm, sorry, I, I gotta, I'm sorry. I gotta, I'm sorry to cut you off. So, if, so
7: if, in improvement readiness, only 45% of respondents felt that we, were uh, able to be prepared and, and improve and that's down 4% from last year is that correct?
4: Oh yes, that's correct. And then that 45% is uh would be percent percentile. Got it. Would you like me to walk through each of the domains or was it more a question about how to interpret the numbers?
1: Why, why don't you walk through the domains? I think that I think that to to, to give one a, a little more flavor to what each of the elements is.
4: Okay, so local leadership is, um, as I was saying, whoever is responding to the survey, his or her immediate manager, is is, is local leadership. Um, burnout climate is our perspective. No, but but, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Doctor, what what are they saying about local leadership? Oh, the support. that. So there's a whole bunch of questions. So I, I'm just saying each of these domains has about six, eight questions. So I'm giving you a flavor of the meaning. Yes. So local leadership is the feeling, uh, the perception that the local leaders are supportive of, of things that need to be changed in terms of quality and safety. Thank you. They have some, yep. Yeah. Burnout climate. That is the perception that, um, not myself, but those around me are burnt out. So, the 28% here would mean that. Um, uh, uh, so, the way that this is interpreted is that they felt like uh, it's the inverse. So, they felt that 72% of people around them were burnt out. This, this is the person, the burnout climate is a uh, funny, it's like an inverse uh, per, uh, percentage. So, the way to interpret this is that 72% of people thought uh, people around them were burnt out on a number of domains. Personal uh, burnout is how many per- What percentage of uh, people uh, felt that they were burned out? And the six percent reduction here is actually a, a is an unfavorable reduction. So that would mean in the year prior that thirty six percent of people felt burnt out. So this year, forty four percent of people feel burnt out, and that six percent reduction is a unfavorable. Reduction, if that makes sense. Teamwork is um, multiple questions about teamwork, about how how well. So the domain basically is asking, well, you know, how favorable is the teamwork uh, environment? The twenty three percent of people thought they had a good, they had good teamwork occurring. Safety climate is health. Uh, you know, the sort of like uh, uh, the the main question here that drives the domain is do you, would you feel, uh, safe enough to receive care in this facility and work-life balance is, is exactly that, uh, how many, what percentage of people feel that they have, um, work-life balance and that 7% reduction in red is an inverse. So, um, that means that 67% of uh, people felt like they had better work-life balance the year before. So as you can see, this is more, it is very much more about the, sort of the culture, um, uh, and, uh, of safety or what the AHRQ believes drives the culture of safety. Thank you, Tanvir. But it's multi yeah, it's very multifactorial in terms of what drives these things, as you can possibly imagine. Um, um, so. Okay. And
1: sobering it's very sobering this was from 19 and can you project or impossible are we are we planning to participate again can you give us some flavor so we can have uh, uh a tr- trending data, if you will
4: yes yeah, so we um, um our eoc has been very supportive of making sure we do this annually and we had planned to do it as well for 2020 but the vendor themselves um canceled the offering due to covid um The patient safety team actually um, debriefed with over 120 or 40 groups um, around these results and worked with local leaders to help them create a culture of safety action plan. Um, So, um, and I think Darshan briefly talked about this at, at QPSC. The hope is that because the vendor is not offering the survey again this year, um, that, um, the patient safety team re-engages with those, um, uh, leaders to follow up on what they are doing with their culture of safety, um, action plan. Um, and, um, and I know that there is also, you know, this work is also very closely related to the employee engagement work, uh, that's being done as those go very much hand in hand.
1: Is this a survey we can build ourselves and launch ourselves?
4: It is something we could build ourselves, um, I would have to look into the proprietary nature of the question right um course. but we could of course do some modified so we'd have to figure out a um, methodologically sound way of recreating um uh culture safety data that could be potentially done, done more frequently
1: and that would but that wouldn't allow us to benchmark
4: <laughs> correct correct
7: okay. thank
1: so, you Tim. So, Tanvir, I just
7: have a, a couple questions here. I'm just trying to understand the chart. So, we have more people participating in the last survey than we had in the past. Is that the way I read it? Uh, yes, Kristy Peterson. With lower scores, lower lower scores in terms of our, our ratings.
4: Yes, so you bring up a good point, um, which we are – you know, this is the epidemiologist, epidemiologist in me, which is, could there be some uh, participation bias? So, i.e., um, could the could the people have, who newly participated in 2019 um, been different than those who participated in 2018? That's a possibility as a driver in the lower performance. Um, that said, you know, we're glad that we have more participants um, so that the sample is more representative, uh, but that is a possibility that um, the newer, you know, the people who decided maybe they felt like they didn't want to, they didn't, you know, they, maybe they felt um, marginalized in 2018 or they didn't have time. I'm not sure, but it is encouraging that they feel that, uh, you know, we're able to increase participation, but it does beg the question of whether or not some of these scores are related to uh, participation bias or whether in fact it's more representative it's hard for me to answer that methodologically without giving some more analysis thank you
3: this is kinkini and i'm just um quite um, surprised at such a high um participation rate 3476 is a high high participation rate given our total employee number so it's a good sampling
4: it is and i I believe that although some of the scores are, well, not although the, the scores are sobering that hopefully, uh, we are, it is promising that people are participating more because they feel like there will be action. This is my hope. Okay. Um, if there's no other questions, I'll, I can go to the next slide. Okay. So, um, so we talked about sort of regulatory activity and the ways that we try to uh, monitor that in our governing body. And we talked about patient safety and how we try to monitor that and then the culture of safety. Now we're going into, um, uh, quality measurements. So, um, hospital compare is, um, a center for Medicare and Medicaid services driven, uh, performance ranking system. It looks at the domains that you see here, mortality, safety of care. Safety of care is largely, um, patient safety indicators, the harms, as well as hospital card infection, readmissions, uh, you know, well, patient experience, that hospital, um, H Effectiveness of care, um, uh, um, is a, is a sort of a, Mixed bag of measures, timeliness of care and payment and value. you see this comprises only 12 percent of the score. These are metrics that are important that are still sort of being um, uh, uh, tested. and so so the prim, the primary um, derivation of the score is mortality, safety of care, readmission, and patient experience. So this is uh, I want to call your attention to two a couple of things. Number one, these are data uh for that were published in 2019 so um in april of 2019 and note that though these data are coming out in april of 2019 these measures that they are based sorry though the rating is published in april of 2019 the data that goes into deriving the score dates as far back as 2015. so a nearly four-year lag so mortality at Highland, and so then, sorry, at the top, again, if you look at the star rating in 2019, were two stars. Um, and um, there's 4,000, about 4,500 uh, hospitals that participate or whose data um, is published on CMS Compare. Um, so two stars is sort of in, in the 30th percentile. And um, then you will see that I've tried to show by domain where we stand. Um, you know, patient experience is one of those areas um, where uh, we're uh, needing to improve on our journey. But just remember that this data back, goes back as far as 2015 to
1: 2018.
4: Tanvir, how, so res- yes.
1: how often do they reset the data? When will our next star rating, when's the next issuance of star ratings?
4: That it happens. Uh, so it's actually slightly delayed right now because of COVID, uh, it vacillates between, uh, at twice uh, quarterly is usually when they do it, but that, that is being is changed now. So I just given you two snapshots. So as not to overwhelm, right. uh, you, so I just try to do like fiscal year, we'll be fine. Fiscal year 19 and then fiscal year 20, but it's updated quarterly. Okay. So two stars, if you go to the next slide, oh, sorry, there's another question. Okay, we'll go to the next slide. So now I'm giving you the most recent snapshot. So there's been a delay in the publication of the data this year. That's why you see that the most recent is from January. Now, the, when, when the San Leandro and Highland, um, 10 tax IDs merge, we'll now see the presentation of data together between Highland and San Leandro as two stars and Alameda as two stars. Um, now we actually see, um, that at Almeida, um, so the same domain, same weighting. um, mortality remains the same as average safety of care. Actually, we see an uptick here at Almeida, but the readmissions, uh, got a little worse. Um, readmissions is green for Highland and San Leandro and patient experience. Um, still we have opportunity for improvement, but recall that these data still go back to 2016. So two stars uh, from fiscal year 19, fiscal year 20. And um, if you go to the next slide, so how does leapfrog compare to hospital compare? So leapfrog um, has about 2,600 hospitals they report on. And the reason for that is because leapfrog doesn't have access to all of the cms data um and so because they don't have access to all the cms data when hospitals um, are very small they can't generate a score for the smaller hospitals so leapfrog has about 25 2800 participants and um in addition um the other difference with leapfrog is that you uh there's a difference in how in the methodology between those who pay to participate in leapfrog and those who do not. So as you will note, um, our leapfrog, so leapfrog, um, so the CMS hospital compare scores that I just showed you, they're based on all those domains and there are probably a total of almost 90 metrics that go into all of those domains. Leapfrog, um, has to use uh, data that they can get from CMS. And so that's comprised of 13 process metrics and 15 outcome metrics. So I've broken it down for you. The process metrics, Um, seven of them uh, can only be self-reported by leapfrog customers. And so if you're not a leapfrog customer, you cannot report them. And there are things like, do you have a patient safety program in place? Um, do you have a program to monitor hand hygiene? Um, do you have, um, event reporting analyses? So things that we would be able to score ourselves very high on because we have them, but we don't get the benefit of that list because not what we're not the customers. So over half of the process metrics are self reported metrics. Um, another metric an eighth metric here Uh, for the leapfrog scoring report was um, we couldn't report for San Leandro and Alameda because we were not on an EHR Um, and then five of the the remaining five are patient experience metrics and as you've seen in our hospital compare data we have an opportunity to improve and that improvement we actually did not begin to see until 2019 and 2020 and I'll show you that on the Trino's metric dashboard So that's the process.
6: I have a question. Um, This is this is um, Tracy Jensen. I have a question about the EHR. So um, I'm just curious because Alameda Hospital has never received an F in the past, but um, you say that the reason for one of the reasons is because there wasn't an EHR until now. So one of the reasons for the low score. But um, I'm wondering how that wasn't didn't impact the. the score so much in the past, but it does now. Not having an EHR in the year that was that was reviewed. And my other question is um, regarding the correlation between hospitals that pay to participate. So I guess um, Taff or um, Trustee Buket or or Doctor Hussein, you can answer this. Is it is it true then that all of the hospitals that participate receive the highest scores in um, Leapfrog? I'm-
4: uh, to Steve Jensen, it sounds like we coordinated this, this presentation together because I'll answer that latter question in the subsequent slides, or at least try to provide some insight on that. Um, but um, and I and I uh, want to clarify that um, I didn't. Uh, I, I, I want to. Uh, I'm trying to at this juncture sort of explain the methodology, and then I'll help answer the question about what might have led to the decline, because I do want to acknowledge there was a decline in the LeapFrog scores at San Leandro and Alameda. So um, uh, once I finish this methodology, I think it will help me better explain why I believe there was a bit of a decline. Um, so I promise I'm to answer that question here. And just, uh, yes.
1: Tanner, this is Tafouquet. Uh Question number one, uh, and this is your personal experience as our CQO. Can you comment on LeapFrog's reputation and position within American health market.
4: Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna take those three questions together. I'm just gonna quickly finish the methodology and then I'll answer those three questions. Is that okay? Yeah, and that will
1: include and that will include how much does it cost to be a leapfrog member? (laughs) Okay, very good.
4: So so process metrics 13 outcome metrics. There are fifteen. Ten of them um are dating back to twenty sixteen. So just leapfrog um, is, uh, further back than hospital compare because the don't really relies relies on hospital compare posting their data. Then they go in and see what they can get from CMS to do their rating. So it is further behind and then the five measures back to 2018. So a couple of now, so let me answer those questions. Trustee Jensen, the first question about why the, um, scores declined at Almeida, um, so, and San Diego. So a couple of factors, number one, um, as more facilities participate as leapfrog contestants because it's a relative scale we see the impact of those participating taking advantage of the self-reporting scores so if you're not a participant you don't get to take advantage of the self-reporting scores and um so as more as there are more people who participate as customers at leapfrog you're going to see their score shift in those participants Those people who are not participating, their scores go down because more people are taking advantage of the self-reporting metrics. And actually, that's very interesting. Even for the hospital-acquired infection, as you see, five of the uh, 15 measures, Leapfrog allows participants to self-report their hospital-acquired infections instead of taking it from CMS, which is a little strange. So the second thing, though, is um, uh, I want to say that as well, for Alameda Hospital, is right at that borderline of not small enough to get excluded, but just large enough to partic- to get included. So remember for CMS hospital compared there's about 4,600, but for leapfrog, there's about only 2,800 because a number of the small hospitals get excluded and Almeida is right at that borderline. Why is this very relevant? Because for the hospital acquired, uh, harm, Um, the total went up for Alameda by two, but that bumped it in just two events, but that bumped it into a much worse category. But all that aside, if I were to say where we need to focus on, we do need to work on patient experience. That is a, that, that patient experience did decline at Alameda hospital during this time period. The good news is. When we look at our three facilities right now, Almeida is making the greatest progress because on our true North metric dashboard, we are vigilantly keeping eyes on patient experience. The greatest uh, seen in patient experience has been at, at Almeida hospital.
6: Dr. Sin, I just want to just let, you may not be aware, but, um, I just want to clarify for everyone that Almida hospital never did pay to participate in LeapFox just as, a, as an aside.
4: Yes, um, now the, um, um, but I, 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 am optimistic that in terms of if we want to participate in leapfrog, because it's part of the brand and I'll show you this in just a little bit, um, that we will do definitely our scores will be better. Um, so in terms of the leapfrog methodology, um, uh, in terms of its reputation, you know, uh, it's, It's very interesting because uh, LeapFrog is getting much more media attention, and I think by that nature, it's developing more of a reputation. Um, At the same time, there are um, lawsuits against LeapFrog as well due to their methodology, but you have some really expert national uh, experts on the LeapFrog panel, so I think it's just a question of some of the, you know, what do we want to do for our brand um, and whether we're it's worth the investment to participate because I do believe it will help with our scores. So let me go on to the next couple of slides. Cause I think it will be really oh, revealing. Before,
7: okay. before you do, Timber, what, what would that investment
4: look like? Can you give me a number? So I need to, I'd like to spend a little more time. If that's the way that, you know, if we have a dialogue around this, if that's where the board wants to go, or, you know, and, and my leaders want to go, we will investigate it further. There's a time investment, but um that time investment i think is we're already following most of the metrics um and i think there's a you know sort of a nominal uh, participation fee but i I would want to look at that more carefully but i don't think it's a huge magnitude
7: Uh, okay yeah i was just curious ballpark figure (laughs) if we know what it costs to pay to play so to speak Uh, uh, so
1: so uh without committing uh in prior research i think we're probably talking on the order of less than ten thousand dollars dr hussein
4: yes that sounds that sounds about right
0: okay a year
4: or, huh.
0: annually a, year, or a year
4: a year annually
7: <laughs> what a shakedown yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry that's a pretty small amount i thought it was going to be a lot higher which is what uh, precluded I mean, I'm not saying it's a good investment or, or not. I'm just, that that number's not as big as I thought it would be. So,
4: so uh, let me so give you some examples, examples here.
1: We'll ask our quality team to investigate that and report back through QPSC.
4: Be happy to do that. So let me give you some examples. So I um, decided to do some Zoom, uh, virtual traveling this morning. Um, so, and, and I, I have to admit that I, it was a random sample in that I thought about other big cities that have County hospitals and I can't give you a more perfect methodology than that. I did not go out and, and everything that I looked at, i posted. So I did not try to use selection bias here to try to find uh, facilities to make a point. I just, I'm, I'm showing you everything, all the facilities. I looked at that. So this is Cook County hospital in Chicago. One star, and their leapfrog score is an F. I would presume they did not participate. Okay, so one star on hospital compare leapfrog score F. Mike, if you go to the next slide. Zuckerberg, um, in our backyard, hospital compare, one star. Interestingly, leapfrog, peace. I suspect maybe they decided to participate. I don't know, but as you can begin to see methodology is imperfect. I just want to draw And I, I took this data today. I didn't alter it in any way. Um, I didn't know that I was going to discover this, but it's a very fascinating story. So Zuckerberg one star and hospital compare C on leapfrog. Next slide, please. I decided to travel to Dr. Jamaluddin's old stomping ground. Kings County, one star. Leapfrog, C. Next slide. Grady, Atlanta, Georgia. One star. Leapfrog, C. So thus far, I've shown you examples of facilities that have lower hospital compare scores than ours but their leapfrog scores are higher with the exception of, I think it was Cook County. Next slide please. Harris County health system, my old stomping ground, two stars on hospital compare leapfrog score C. So more similar to us in terms of our stars rating. So that's the question of why is another hospital system with two stars getting a seat on leapfrog next slide henry ford two stars similar to ours but leapfrog score c i think that might have been the last one next slide i got exhausted with the traveling so I came back home. <laughs> um okay so where are we so this is our True North Metro dashboard that, um, uh, Trustee Bouquet showed, um, showing our pillars as well as the STEEP framework. And hopefully, um, you'll have an appreciation after also looking at hospital compare that ambulatory check-in times, timeliness, also timely care shows up on hospital compare. Absorbed to expected length of stay. So that effectiveness and efficiency is also one of the um, effectiveness measures in hospital compare. Median time for um, admit um, decision to inpatient vet. T on the steep framework, also timeliness and effectiveness on hospital care. Affordable days is a uh, recent uh, addition this fiscal year because it helped provide an insight that was very uh, helpful for our organization in terms of throughput. So that's where we have an opportunity to also define what is important for our operations and our quality and safety. For quality, the prime metrics, you all know this, there's 57 of them. It's essential to really closely tie into our financial health. QIP is another 20. Readmissions, you saw that that was 22% of the um, hospital uh, compare. And the other 22% is of hospital compare that also um, goes into leapfrog. Is our under hospital acquired infection index, which captures multiple hospital acquired infections, as which is the as well as the harm index. Now, I just want to take a moment to say that our ED to because we have been tracking this for the last two years. Look at the baseline from just fiscal year 19. You don't want to know what it was in the fiscal year before, but fiscal year 19 baseline was 13 hours 47 minutes. Fiscal year to date, we're at 5 hours and 38 minutes. If you look at, um, our, uh, um, if you look at things like our hospital card infection index, we were 6.98 in terms of the rate of infections in fiscal year 19. It was even higher. It was 40% higher in fiscal year 18. Now we're down to 3.62. That's nearly 30% of what it was two fiscal years ago. I believe that this will show up in our hospital comparing leapfrog scores very soon, when their data catches up with the present. Our hospital acquired harm index. It used to be closer to four in 2018. We brought it down to 2.2. Now we're down to 1.55. HCAPs, we were at, so this is the top box rating, but I want to let you know that we were at, in 2018, at the sixth percentile. Now we are climbing up near 50th percentile, but we have to sustain it. So that is dramatically affecting our hospital compare and leapfrog scores. So I hope that if we can sustain this improvement in patient experience, we too will see an, a, a lift in our hospital compare and leapfrog scores. So this dashboard has really helped shine a light on those areas that are publicly reported um, and an opportunity we can we have, if you go to the next slide, is to think about you know for me and what i tell my team is i have you know i get to work with a group of people on my team and what brings us together is at the end of the day we define our work as how do we drive a quali- a mission around being you know don't hurt me heal me be kind to me we have many of those things captured on our dashboard but perhaps there are other things that we can bring to the dashboard to constantly illuminate the work that we need to do as an organization at QPSC as well. But I do believe we're on a journey. We have made progress. Yes, we have some still some major items we need to achieve, but through continuous engagement, transparency, collaboration, and vigilance, um, and belief and faith that and trust in each other, we can still move forward. That's the end of my presentation,
1: Doctor Hussein. Uh, thank you uh, for that. That was that was uh, that was a, that was a, that was a nice walkthrough through the state of quality here for our system. Trustees, any questions for Doctor Hussein? Um, uh, I, I'd like to follow up, and we wonder about you know you know as, as Trustee Debree said, sometimes you got to play, you got to pay to play, but but I wonder. Uh, as we contemplate our future, do insurers look at Leapfrog? And I bet you the answer is yes, right? How how does how does this contextualize our ability to leverage these kind of contracts or these kind of discussions? I know that my neighbors look at Leapfrog because after some of these came out, uh, walking <laughs> around the street, they, they they tell me about them <laughs> uh, before I knew about them, and and. Um, it goes to trustee jensen's question how do we know when we're there and and there there's not a great answer it's it's going to be a mixed answer i think people who rate us externally matter you know uh uh, all feedback is a gift especially the painful stuff and um i think it's it's important for us to consider as we as we move the direction of this organization especially in quality trustee Hernandez.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I really despise these pay-to-play endeavors. They're in every business sector. It's not just leapfrog, and it's pretty disgusting. However, um, if it's just $10,000, honestly, that's a pretty uh, low bar uh, to pay um, to engage in that because I think it does hurt us if we... Uh, don't participate and don't have um, our true record of success reflected out there. And so um, I think that as a board, we really need to look at those kinds of pay to play and leapfrog being probably one of several and just ask ourselves, which ones do we really want to participate in? And so I trust Dr. Hussein would guide us with that uh, recommendation, but honestly, for... Ten thousand dollars. It just feels like really bad press um, when the reports come out, and uh, you know, obviously, I think we could meet some of those given the other uh, data indicators that were shared today.
1: And, and and to be clear, again, I, I have no financial interest in Leapfrog. but they're not a they're not a fly by night organization, right? Uh, they, they've been around for a while. They're listed in our book as a trusted and reliable right? The, uh, the methodology it's, in our circumstance probably doesn't suit us as well because of the reporting but but I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that the benefit here is it's a potential twofer it helps us to be mindful about quality because that's ostensibly what they're trying to do and and uh, if, if it helps our marketing and our ability to leverage contracts, I, I, it sounds like a no brainer yeah, now of course I, I don't know what the cost is
5: Except for what they're really trying to do is make money, so let's just be clear about that. But I, I don't, I agree with the, you know,
1: if it's well, a trust issue, and I, Quinn, I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with that statement. This comes out of Lucian Leaf and 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 his and his work. So just to make money, I don't know if that's the, the. Uh, the I, I wouldn't agree with that.
6: Well, so it's a nonprofit, so uh, if they're making yeah. money, then somebody, you know, they're doing it and, and not sure where they're they're putting it.
5: Yeah, but uh we just had a presentation that made me question um in several ways the integrity of the evaluation that they're doing. So I I, I, I don't I think we have to make a business decision about participating in it. I understand we're gonna do that in committee, that's fine, but I I just can't stomach the idea of pretending like you know what that's on them. Uh we've gotta make our own decision. But uh I, I don't think it's uh very credible when you use extortion to uh, basis. Well,
6: that's a good point. I, 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 I'm I say it's I, so
7: on,
0: Yeah, I, I, I just want to say I agree. These kind of things disgust me. They happen all over the place. And I guess my only – and that doesn't mean we should or shouldn't do it. I mean, people are suing them because uh, – for defamation or for other things, whether that holds up or not, we don't know. I guess um, my only input to this is I don't know. I don't think this is a quality discussion. I think this is a marketing discussion. I think that Terry should be in on this discussion, and I think we should look at what else is out there and what kind of investment we're deciding we want to make in reputation management. Because for me, having our chief quality officer worry about a pay-to-play platform, it's fine if it's stuff we're doing already and we just need to submit it. But just in my opinion, this is not really about quality. This is about marketing
6: i agree with um dr avalada if can i just finish say something quickly um basically it is marketing and but the issue here it's called the safety report and so to um trustee bouquet said and and we know that these are decisions that are made by people who are our neighbors who are our friends who are potential patients and they are getting the information on on patch which is showing this that this report came out and that patient safety is very poor at Alameda and San Leandro hospital. In fact, of all the hospitals in the United States, it's the poorest at those hospitals. And that's, however we want to look at it or describe it, whatever department it falls under that is reducing the number of people that are going to come to Alameda health system for services. And it's, as I mentioned on Thursday evening, this is an issue that is, Going to reduce our participation, and it's also showing our employees that here you work at this organization that gets an F grade. And so, I think to your neighbors, Taft, are they asking you, or are they saying, Wow, how is it to work at that organization that gets F's and the only F's you know in out of four in California? Right, right.
8: So, I was just going to uh, add uh, that uh, we're tracking along the same lines as you all are, and uh, in fact, uh, based off of this leap forward is this twice a year, and um, while we have been diligent in trying to explain exactly what Dr. Hussain just did, um, it is a it is it, it has picked up steam. Uh, and organizations, I think, uh, across the board have, have gone in this direction in the sense of eventually caving. Honestly, uh, that people have decided that um, uh, in many respects, there's no additional. Uh, imperative or quality value that I think organizations are getting out of the leapfrog scores because of how long or how old the data is Uh, and then two uh, that some of the other things that you get points for it just to check the box type of thing but it does appear that most organizations are continuing to go down this route just to basically do what this conversation is about which is to deal with it from a marketing perspective that you're just not an outlier anymore purely because you're not uh, uh, participating in that way. So we have actually looked at it that way too. We, we've asked Terry to look into this and then we're going to get a sense of whether it is just worth the, the $10,000 just to get off the get off the, the radar here, fall into what is likely to be the middle of the pack. But just to be clear, this would not be a driver for quality in the organization. In fact, I would, vent- I would posit here, and I think Dr. Hussein would agree that, Even having the conversation about LeapFrog in this context is actually, to me, and no disrespect to uh, Dr. Leap or anybody else who's um, active with this organization, um, it actually misses the mark. Uh, The quality conversation you're having and have been having, I think, is the right quality conversation about all the other things, including uh, the beta scores, which are appalling, uh, um, but... Uh, reflective of one that we should dig into deeper to figure out like what that body looks like. It is a, a, a much bigger variation in terms of how we represent within beta than other organizations, but that's good contextual information to look at all these different domains of quality. So is prime and QIP and all those things that you continuously look at that we are doing outstanding on and actually doing a good job, but this is more marketing and I get the point. Uh, and I think that, you know, it probably is what other organizations have done, that they've just decided, let's just get this off the table because the community doesn't get the nuance of this uh, uh, where where you would and others would. So we're looking at it that way. We probably will elect to do it. Uh, I hope we don't celebrate it if the scores go up to say, congratulations, our quality is greater. It's just, we've gotten it off our back. But uh, I, w- I would posit that this is probably not even a useful conversation for driving quality in the organizations more about the image.
7: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, yeah, let's just pay the $10,000 and get it over with and stop talking about it. Um, I'm much more interested in our dashboard and the deeper dive into how we're doing there. And, and I thought that those numbers were, were exciting. Um, I'm also really curious how some of the green might have been driven by our lack of volume during the pandemic, um, especially like how fast we get someone into a bed. Um, and I'm also much more concerned about those, uh, the, the survey of, of, uh, a few slides back, you know, that although uh, people only think that 28% of their coworkers are suffering burnout, uh, 44% are self-reporting burnout. Um, I think that's, 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 that's something I want to deep dive deeper into um, uh, yeah, in, this, in this conversation.
3: Yeah, I, I wanted to add that it's it's not either or, it's and. And right. so thank you Tanvir so much for laying out what our internal situation is with the CDPH CMS visits where our findings were. I don't think this means that we take our eye off of those uh, laser focus on the internal metrics. And the fact is that just like when we bought a house and we wanted to see what the school Um, ratings was it's that for the for the district superintendents or state superintendents they can feel very agitated about the fact that you give this random number score and it doesn't but if you're forming a corporate council and trying to get money for from the foundation the fact that our foundation is not meeting our goals uh, of, our, of, of the of the fiscal guidelines that we need for infrastructure for background support, the fact that uh, we look at our own um, for those of us in the QPSC committee, we we know the nuance and the detail and all of that. But for our, it's not the the outside world, yes, but our own internal ecosystem. When you see a grade of um, F, that is more publicly seen than um, the hospital scores then that is and that's our ecosystem that's our reality so um it's not one or the other i feel exactly yeah. like we yeah said. I, I, I i can I totally go with do. this and not even discuss but this is this is this is the reality in which we live and it impacts funding perception the narrative all already we are dealing with a narrative that is like this is a um, so this is, if there's totally, any little thing that can mitigate
8: it, that's great. I, I totally share your point, and I, I, I resp- and appreciate the point. I think, uh, as I indicated, uh, there's been an evolution in the in the field around this, uh, uh, but I, all, my, my only point was, in the end, I, I think it would be fair to say that, that leapfrog is not going to be the driver of quality in the organization and maybe the driver of perception of quality, in the organization, in the community, and uh, and I think that to that end, we should look at it uh, um, that way. Or I think that would be the best way to to. Um appropriately describe what it is doing to drive quality. The last thing I just want to say is, um, to my knowledge, uh, insurers don't um, make uh, decisions, and I, I just want to make sure this is clear. We're not participating, we're not getting contracts with insurance based off of a blue Cross score at all. <clears throat> I think these plans actually, one, do their own uh, review of quality, and they have the plans that we participate in they actually have uh, quality indicators across their member uh, participants where they look at it. Actual data, um, um, but not uh, uh, leapfrog. So just want to make sure that that narrative does not permeate the work amongst this. Individual.
1: And that was a question. I didn't
8: yeah, say yeah. that. One. No, I know. Fair um, I
6: just, fair to fine. your point, Joe um, about, about who is looking at and, and how it might affect funding. Actually, if anyone wants to go on into um, Twitter and look up Alameda and leapfrog, you'll find a, a, a big Twitter storm or Facebook about from taxpayers in Alameda discussing how. How come we're paying so much money for this hospital that has such poor quality? Yeah, let's just get buy it. perception. Move on. Okay.
0: So I, I didn't want to lose what Trustee Devries said about uh, about the burnout uh, score and such. And so even though this vendor is not offering this product anymore to help us um, do this kind of assessment, I think it is imperative that we think about that. Particularly, I'm saying that because of the pandemic and how. Uh, much stress and strain that's putting on everyone but particularly our frontline workers and so not so I mean partly to assess ourselves but actually just to be able to respond um, and I think this has come up in the, uh, in the medical staff reports on Thursday night as well with Dr. Ballard um, just about us being really in tune um, to to how our frontline staff are doing and so even if we can't do that whole big comprehensive look that the external vendor was doing I'm just wondering if we have thoughts or ideas um, because obviously the status of our of our frontline folks in particular will drive quality in a number of other ways as well.
1: Okay, all right, thank you uh, Tanvir for leading through that part of the discussion. Um, Any other trustees on that before we move to next steps? All right, the the next one was gonna be a contemplative exercise using a Google form. Um, We're currently at a time check at 1150 uh, you know, we, we didn't get started till a little bit later. And then the last item was to have a, a little bit of a discussion about our role as, as trustees. So I'm going to take a little bit of a, uh, of a make an audible here. I'm going to skip uh, the, the, the 10 or 15 minutes that it was going to take everyone to do that exercise. I was going to give t- people time during this. I just need everyone's, um, everyone give a thumbs up or a, a, a Boy Scout that you will do it today. It's in your email. It should take you less than 10 minutes. And this is to everyone on this call, in especially, not especially, including our executives. And, and just to let you know, I'm going to push a version of this to uh, the med staff too. Let's just gather data. All feedback is a gift. And um, so that is in your inbox. If you don't have the Google form link, uh, our the clerk of the board, just email her and she'll send it to you Fair. Okay. Okay. So the the last one was sort of based on our book, getting the board on board. Um, um, It's really chapter three. Chapter three is about 40 pages and I'm not going to go through 40 pages because we're not going to do that with on Saturday with 15 or 20 minutes to go. But I want, I want to talk to about some of the, the, the things that I gleaned from. So I, I, I kind of, you know, I tried to distill down to uh, a couple things. So four, four statements that, that, and questions that I got, and then let's have a little bit of a talk about that and see if there's anything that comes of it. The first statement which came out was high-quality and high-reliability organizations put quality at the top of the board agenda, and they don't confine quality discussions to the quality committee. So question, don't answer, it's rhetorical right now. Do we do this? The second question, second statement, high quality reliability organizations encourage organizational accountability via transparency and promote leadership accountability through evaluation and incentives. Do we do this? Question mark. Third, high quality and high reliability organizations do the Gemba. They do walk rounds. There's a few pages on doing walk rounds. Do we do this from trustees down to executives down to mid-level? Question mark, do we do this? And last, high-quality, reliability organizations are learning organizations. Um, are we such an organization? So these are just kind of the four questions that I wanted to kind of frame around. Let's just do the, the, the meaty one and then, and, then, and then have some discussion around this. Do, do we put quality at the top of our not only our physical agenda but the agenda of the things that we discuss, and and do we do we break quality outside of the quality committee? Do we do that here? Discuss. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say no
7: for right now because. Yeah. Um, and I have to admit, you know, I stepped off the of quality committee to step onto finance when I became president because I really um, I had been on quality for a few years, so I was more tuned in. But based on our financial situation and the pressures that we're facing um, externally, I think that that has consumed too much of our conversation and too much of our of our um, of our energy, and, and, and quality has suffered uh, uh, in in our conversation be- because of
1: the the financial challenges that we face. Thanks, Trustee DeVries. Further comments from any trustees on on the positioning of quality? Trustee Hernandez, I saw you on mic.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Joe, and, and I'm super worried about whether we have a culture of quality. So it's one thing to really focus on those scores, and I really appreciate that. And I think you know any movement in the right direction, of course, needs to be recognized. I just hope that um, we're also thinking about how to ingrain the culture with an idea of even if I'm not being measured, even if I'm not being watched, even if it isn't going to be tracked somewhere, do I think about it all the time? Do I know that I, I look at every step in a, in a process, you know, however small, do I think about the safety of the patient? Do I think about the quality of care? No matter whether that's being tracked in some way, shape, or form, that to me is a sign that you've got a culture that's oriented towards that.
0: But how do we? How do we as trustees kind of assess that? And like, how can we? Because I, you know, I, um, I with the level of professionals that we have at ahs and the commitment and all of that i mean i i i get a little worried when i hear we don't have a culture of quality or because i how what are we basing that on and i'm just asking us um what are we what are we basing that on um is it based on a JCO score? Is it, you know, what is, is, how can we track that? And I I like, Taff, what you said about, you know, are we doing enough rounding? Are we getting in there ourselves to find that out? That's one way, I suppose, Um, if we're all working from there, like operating from the same sort of framework. Um, I think because we have the medical staff reports pretty close to the top of the agenda, and I've really appreciated that and felt like, you know, as you know, Dr. McKill, wanting to, kind of tie that tighter to the q to the qpsc report and kind of you and i have been talking a little bit about how to center that um but i also want to flag you know our hearing yesterday uh, the, some of the questions we posed were about you know how is there a structure wherein you know we're not our whole focus isn't always on the financial survival of the organization so that we can act more like an advisory or a commission, or, I mean, these were just ideas that were, that we were, we were kind of throwing them out amongst ourselves, but um, where we can, our whole job basically is then focusing on the quality and the scope of services and things like that. And so there is, uh, there is that tension in our current structure that I think we were also trying to explore a little bit as well. So I just kind of wanted to name that.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would would add that I think it's important that we go back to the WPRE report frequently. And one of the major themes in that report is how much time, you know, what we're spending our time on. And a lot of it is around relationship uh, with stakeholders, a lot of time on our finances, of course, a lot of time in uh, continuous negotiation with labor, um, I think I worry about our bandwidth around quality and it's, it's uh, you know, and I, I uh, notice that sometimes our report outs from our, well, we had a meeting last month where the report out was spent talking about a contract as opposed to referring to quality issues within uh, the report from the, the representative. Well, so I think that, you know, we've got to be much more disciplined to get us back to a quality conversation when we have all these other competing interests crowding in and wanting to take the space. Tough task. Uh,
1: that. Trustee Banerjee.
3: Yeah, I, I think that for those of us who've been on the QPSC for um, these years, and especially in these last two years staffed, Uh, We've had such rich discussions over there, but that is exactly, it hasn't been brought uh, to not build redundancy, it hasn't been brought to the full board level, though Taft gives excellent reports. But hopefully now, and I think that when you open the door for folks, chiefs of staff to speak, we have to lean in and listen. And sometimes it's an engagement thing, sometimes it's a trust thing that's underlying it. And those affect quality and those affect how you show up at your work. There's I, I keep saying like there's look at page one three in this book and there's a scale of like how trust is built. How so there are many things that underpin quality. Um, and so, which shows up in the bedside, which shows up in clinical care, which shows so that creating that space when you can hear that, hear some of the uh, and dig deeper is important for us to do. So when we see readmission rate or something, you saw like how how short in san leandro hospital the average length of stay was and we would keep saying like why is the average length of stay in san leandro hospital so short compared to um highland or compared to now and and people would say there's pressure to like discharge people quickly because we have to meet our financial margins do you think that might be why the readmission rate is higher we've discussed those kinds of things like when you get people out the door so fast so there are things that we have to dig in and some things might on the surface seem like this is this is not germane to a quality discussion but it might be because it's engagement it's coverage it's you know, if we switch to a new model, is there enough? Uh, you know, who's holding that piece? All of those things, transitions of care that that emerge from that. So I would just say that for those of us who've been in quality and been able to lean in and listen, that the board needs to build a muscle to be able to do that in the full um, uh, um in the full forum as well. And as much as we can, like the first sight, sometimes is defensiveness. The moment someone says something that we don't like, we have to like rebut or react or do things to say how wrong you are. And just like, let's lean in and listen and like build the evidence. So I I think these uh, hospital visits that I've been part of, like meeting the frontline staff, my goodness, like. If you just listen to public comments, you can get a skewed idea. Just the kind of dedication and the staff who are totally understanding the complexities that we didn't. I have a new place of awe and appreciation for the folks who are doing this work. So I feel like um, for us to learn, hear more I- instead of us talking, there are many people on this group here who might be able to like share. Um, about what the experiences are in relation to quality.
1: Yeah. And, and, and Trustee Shaquin, exactly, I agree what you said. There, it's so easy to be distracted. Uh, uh, our, our last fire is the one where we focus on. And that, that, that's where, where, where we're developing, us as a board, developing structures. So it becomes systematic. You know, it's like, the, uh, uh, again, one of my favorite books Dr. Atul Gavande. If anyone's uh, a fan of this guy, arguably medicine's greatest writer, the checklist manifesto. You know, uh, it becomes like a checklist where we sort. It becomes automatic where we don't think about it. So, as as we're coming to a close, I'm going to remind everyone that everyone gave scouts honor that they'll finish out the uh, the, uh, the, the the questionnaire. One of my recommendations will be I'll tell, I'll preview is, boy, it would be great if the has quality been uh, uh, addressed as the, as a gating question to every decision we make? Or has quality been, been been considered as we make this decision? Just as a gating question, And that at least inspires that oh, we're, we're gonna force ourselves to, it might be three seconds, yep, we have. And then we can move on and make this financial. And could And what if we embedded gating, that?
2: Could you describe what a gating question is for everyone?
1: It's the front gate before you even go to any other discussion about anything. So that uh, imagine if that happened at FTE committee, it, it happened at Environmental Services Committee, it in high, it happened at uh, the Quality Committee, it, it happened in the ELT. Whenever we we're making this decision about even moving, we're going to move. Uh, we're going to move out of Creekside, right? Uh, is there an impact on quality there? And eh, doesn't really impact quality. We thought about it. Okay, next. It's like the gating question. If we could use quality as a gating question, the things that we do here, I think that would be game changing. In, in the right direction, it doesn't, it doesn't do everything. But, but I'll, 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 I'll go back to what uh, uh, Trustee Jensen's question from yesterday. Do Taft, do you really think that we're moving forward? And my answer is an unequivocal yes. I actually think we're, we're building, we've built a bench now. Man there's still a lot of haywire stuff that goes along here but we have a bench here. Look at Dr. I'm surprised that Dr. Hussein can still smile. But he's still smiling. So 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 he's built himself a nice nice team, Dr. Jamaldeen and the, and 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 with the support of the rest of the executive leadership team who I believe everyone wants to be part of a quality organization. I I've, I've played on losing teams, I played on mediocre teams and they suck, right? I, I believe everyone here wants to be on a winning team. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. And I believe it's these discussions, which were happening if they stick and that's my job to keep making it stick. Um, uh, I, I think that can help us move, 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 move the meter. And no, it's, uh, your job is to keep making it steep. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> um, so that, um, uh, uh, it's twelve four. I'm plus four minutes. I try to be on time. Everyone promised to fill out their survey. Del Vecchio, if you can please inspire uh, uh, the, the crew in the executive suite to to fill it out, that everyone, if you' if you're uh, if you're a board of trustees member, if you're on the executive team, if you're a physician, a nurse, and I even put other key stakeholders, everyone probably has an opinion. and 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 I ask and, and I, if you see the questionnaire, I'm. I'm actually asking for the gift of feedback from all our stakeholders, and and you know we'll we'll weigh that we'll weigh that feedback. Uh, I'll get all these reports over the next week or two, and I'll present them up through uh, our board. That'll close the session, Madam President. Five minutes plus time.
0: Thank you. That was excellent. Um, that was great. I think that's that quality is why we're all in this. I like to think. I do think that there's work to be done for us to all kind of be operating out of the same framework of what we mean when we say quality so that if it is a gating question that we're thinking about quality on multiple levels which is not only I think there's such a there's there's such a long list of other agencies that come in and regulatory bodies and so forth that tell us about what quality is too but I also just want to keep on urging us as leadership to be thinking about things um, like being an awesome employer and you know, other aspects of, of quality and access and things like that that we make um, that we may hold dear as well and want to kind of advance um, along with all the other things that we're mandated to um, to do. Um, so do any other trustees want to weigh in on anything else regarding um, the quality discussion?
3: Alrighty. Thank you for that session. Very, very good.
1: Thank you to everyone here. Thank you.
0: I agree. I think, um, yeah, the last thing maybe that I'll just say is that I know that um, I think our our board has been asking for more uh, deeper dives into areas that matter to us. I know that we had intended for this before sort of pre-pandemic. I think, you know, we had talked about having a long session with the trustees around behavioral health. Um, and sort of like where it's sort, of, sort of a quality discussion really I think would have to be quality finance et cetera but really kind of di- diving deeper into um, behavioral health at AHS and where we want to be going with that and so I kind of want to continue us sort of on this theme of um, and thank you Dr. Bouquet for soliciting a broad you know broad input I think we did that yesterday as well and I think it's something that um, all of us as trustees have said is important to us and our trajectory is making sure that we have stakeholder input um, as we make decisions, but also that we can really um, sort of protect some time, I'll say, to talk about things other than the financial crisis, to really talk about our strategic growth, um, about where we want to, where we want to go, um, and that also will help us, I I hope, help us make some of the tough decisions that we're undoubtedly going to have to make as well about what things we may need to reduce or, or cut. Um, And so that that is part of the reality. But I want us to have a sort of a quality um, and mission driven frame to make some of those tough decisions um, that is informed by by stakeholder and community input. So on that note, I think we have completed our agenda and are ready to close out. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great Do
7: you, you have no public commenters?
0: We did not have any, unless any came in in the last few minutes. Mike, are we still no public comment? Mike, are you there?
8: Scanning. Um, I don't i i don't see him here actually maybe he, he
0: i see him he here, oh no
8: he's here he's here
0: oh no, no okay he just texted me okay
8: i was gonna say separately for separate okay cool we're good
0: all right okay fantastic have a great weekend everyone meeting adjourned